Welcome to this very special episode of Perfectly Imperfect. With the holidays coming up, we had a few special announcements that we wanted to share with you all. First up, we launched our first journal! Christine and I have a huge passion for stationery, so we wanted to create these beautiful handcrafted faux leather notebooks with gold foiled lettering that say untold stories. We wanted to create a product that is true to the core of what this podcast is, and since we encourage journaling so much, we thought that this would be the perfect fit. They come in two gorgeous colors, powder blue and golden beige, and are available now on xoxochristine.com. Link will be in our Instagram bio, so be sure to follow at perfectly.imperfect.podcast to see more, and we will be posting weekly prompts so that we can all journal together. We really value your support, and with each journal purchase, you are helping us keep this podcast alive so we can start hosting more events and continue building this community we care so deeply about. We'll leave all the information in the description box below, so be sure to grab one for yourself and perhaps one for a friend this holiday season. Second, we hosted our very first live event with the lovely ladies of Asian Boss Girl and First of All, called Off the Mic. Our intention was to connect with all of you and bring the conversations on our podcast to life. It was a day filled with panels, breakout sessions, yummy food, and lots of great conversations. We were absolutely blown away with how amazing it was to meet you all in person and connect on a deeper level. We really hope to continue this series, so let us know if you want us to come to a city near you. Special shout out to our sponsors, Smoko, a website where your dumpling and boba nightlight dreams come to life, the true makers of everything cute, Passion Planner, the best productivity planner I have ever come across that helps you set goals and achieve them, and Ethos, where dreamers become doers, a beautiful co-working space in K-Town, Los Angeles that encourages innovation, creativity, and collaboration. Thank you to Haven City Market, Booze Philly Cheesesteak, Cafe Dulce, Fat Dragon, Bopomofo Cafe, Backhouse, G from Fear to Faith, Crave Beauty, Rael, Popcorners, Neurogum, Annie Chun's, and Just Water for helping us bring this event to life. This week's episode is the first panel from the event called Lost in Transition. Hope you guys enjoy. I just came by to stir your soul up a bit. This is the Perfectly Imperfect Podcast with Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly. We believe it's through our journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters, because we're all... Perfectly imperfect. Is that it? Can we can we get a bigger round of applause? We're really, really happy. Kind of Thank you. So uh, my name is Minji, and I am from First of All Podcast, and uh, I'm here to help introduce these wonderful women. So I'm actually going to hand the microphone off to our Mistress of Ceremonies in Pantu, Christine Chen from Perfectly Imperfect. Oh my god, yeah. Oh my god, you guys are here! Thank you guys all for coming. Um, okay, we'll do our introductions for Perfectly Imperfect. We'll get into that later. Um, hi, I'm Christine. I am a life coach and I'm the other half of Perfectly Imperfect. And this is Regina! I'm Regina. Um, I am the co-host of Perfectly Imperfect, and I am currently the founder of a women's clothing line. 
<laughs> yes. And so uh, we're the host of Perfectly Imperfect. It's a podcast that we really wanted to have that feel of it being like reminiscent of all those like talk, like late night talks that you have with your girlfriends. Like Christine and I are so guilty of, you know, talking in our car till like 3 a.m. And so we just, we're basically like, let's just record this and turn this into a podcast. And it's grown into this incredible community of all of you guys listening in, chatting with us, telling us about your biggest problems and everything, and all of us just really building this community together. So we're really excited to be here. Uh, welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, the podcast for the modern day Asian American woman. My name is Helen. I'm Janet. And I'm Mel. <laughs> that was just a little bit of our introduction. So we uh, run ABG Asian Boss Girl, well, one of the three podcasts that are hosting this event. Um, and our, like all three of the podcasts, we uh, are representing the Asian American female voice. Um, and for ABG specifically, uh, we are three working women in Los Angeles working nine to five plus jobs. Um, and so that's the kind of angle that we take. We focus on career. We also talk about dating, um, all of the different things that of the experience of being in Los Angeles, being Asian American and female. Hey guys. Hey guys. Hey guys. Welcome to First of All, a podcast about. Well, I should just do it, right? Uh, so my name, my name is Minji. Uh, welcome to First of All Podcast, a podcast about. I, why am I blanking on my own intro? <laughs> A real and honest conversation about career, family, relationships, and all things modern culture. Yeah, it's a long one. Um, so my name is Minji. I am an actress. I'm a producer, and I'm a podcast host and uh, emerging writer, if you will. That's a new thing. Um, so yeah, I am, like these women, a creative person that wanted to share stories about the Asian American perspective. And my conversations on First of All started because of that man over there, Marvin, uh, who is my... My other half for collaboration, which is a nonprofit organization that I was an executive director of, and that's for elevating and discovering Asian American talent. So I've just been in the creative space for the last decade, y'all, yeah. and uh, really passionate about diverse voices and perspectives that are not commonly shared. So my podcast is just real and honest conversations, everything from toxic masculinity to toxic femininity this week's episode, um, to talk about sex with Mel, um, to talk about, <laughs> well, not with, talking about it with you, conversing with Mel about sex, um, but just the things that we all deal with and go through, but would like to share with a wider audience. So thank you so much for everybody who's been so supportive and encouraging and tuning in to all of our podcasts, because it means so much to us that uh, our voices and our stories have value in the wider audience. So thank you. That was the introduction. <laughs> Wanted to start off before we go into the panels, kind of our intention and goal for Off the Mic and what kind of started this. And really looking at every one of you guys, like you guys are the reason why we started it, you know? And I think it really comes to what, through my journey, I'll speak personally, like the genuine connection. And there's nothing that's like that. And I think for me personally, experiencing that with you know, these girls up up here and, you know, a lot of you guys out there, whether it's through our podcast or just in-person discussions, I think there's something that's so, like, we're all yearning for that true connection to really see each other as people and to really understand and have that curiosity of what is your story because the more that we learn about your story, the more that we know about ourselves. And I think, you know, from our perspective as just women content creators and women who've been in the community for a while and just women in general, 
You know, it's really just wanting to be seen and wanting to be heard. And we totally understand that. And that's why we're starting these conversations now and not letting the stigma of having feelings or having thoughts be like a weakness or weird or sensitivity. Like that's encouraged, you know. So that's why for us, we decided that we're going to do something about it. And we're going to start like start our own podcast. And we're starting off the mic. So hopefully this will grow and we'll go all, all around the world, you know. <laughs> So, yeah, okay, there's like, everyone's like, oh, yeah, I'll do my own chair. Yeah, so then, um, yeah, so I think it's been a privilege, it's been an honor to work with these women, and I think there's something about, I mean, guys too, but we we love guys, but then for for women, right, I think there's something irreplaceable about bonding as sisters and sisterhood and this connection of supporting one another genuinely versus seeing each other as competition. So how do we change that narrative? And this is what we're going to start doing now. And honestly, it is through joining together and really believing in one another and hearing each other's stories. So that is our goal for today. So hopefully when we go into our breakout groups and our Q&As, feel free to open up, feel free to share. I know we're all strangers, but we're all, we're all connected. Okay? Yay! Hello. Hi, so then <laughs> me and Minji will be the moderators. Be asking all the questions. Yeah, you got you girls ready. I know they're really nervous. You guys, can you guys give them a cheer and let them know it's okay? <laughs> Don't. Okay, Shay, you do you, girl. I'm literally like, my mental is like blacking out right now. So, Minji, do you want to let them know what we're talking about? Yeah. So we are here at our first panel called Lost in Transition. Great, great title. Yeah. Great title. Um, we put a lot of thought into what discussions might be relevant based on all of our different uh, audiences. And this, the description for this podcast is just talking about feeling stuck, frustrated, and overwhelmed about a next step. And I uh, wanted to get me- uh, advice from Melody, Janet, and Regina about their experiences of cr- changing careers, moving to new cities, and starting their own ventures. Um, I met a few people already that have just moved to LA, so I think there's definitely relevant and a lot of us are at different transitions in careers relationships and i uh, just want to hear the feedback from these incredible women so you want to go you guys want to go down the line and just starting from mel yeah. all right uh, my name is mel i am from abg podcast Woo! i am 28 uh, i'm a pisces <laughs> hey. Hey. you went in on I'm all that i'm a dreamer indecisive uh, <laughs> i am originally from the bay area any bay area people Woo! there we go uh, I moved to LA in 2014. I went to school at UCSD, so I went to, I moved to SoCal, Tritons. Um, and yeah, I did, um, I'm a transplant, so I'll be talking about my experience trying to figure out my life here in Los Angeles. Yes. Thank Yay, you. Get up for Mel. Yay. I'm Janet, also from ABG Asian Boss Girl. Um, I'm, I'm a Virgo. In my, in my mid-30s, you won't disclose which, where in the 30s it is. <laughs> uh, but I was born and raised in Orange County and have been back in LA for about five to six years now. Uh, but prior to that, I've lived in San Francisco, spent a little bit of time in Kenya, uh, spent some time in New York, Miami, so have hopped all over the place and kind of had a journey. Um, and right now I nine to five as a user experience designer, so I work in technology. Uh, but that's actually my third career. So I will talk about changing careers because I've done that quite a bit. Hi guys, I'm Regina from Perfectly Imperfect. Um, I I was like, what are we supposed to say? Okay, so um, I grew up in the LA like 66 area and um, I kind of stuck around this area all through college and I studied psych at APU 
And um, that's kind of when I had this like bug in me where I was like, ah, I really want to get out of here. So I spent four, a little over four years in New York. Uh, I moved back last year and that's when I felt really stuck. It was a really like rough transition period. So I'll definitely be touching up on that. Um, but now I am back in LA. I am, you know, doing events with these lovely ladies up here and I'm trying to start my own clothing line for uh, women's workwear. Woo! Woo! Yeah. Yeah. So then, you know, that's all cool and great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because really you see people though. and you're like, oh my God, you guys are so doing amazing things. But let's take it back. Let's take it back to transition time, feeling lost, feeling stuck. And can you guys take us, each of you guys take us back to that moment describing that feeling of not knowing, you know, what the next step is, feeling unsure about what you guys should be doing. And can you guys describe the feeling for us and then walk us through that? I guess I'll start us off. Um, so I, again, I moved to LA to pursue that passion. So I'm not like the typical, I guess, Asian American um, trajectory where people go to corporate life right away. I actually knew I wanted to pursue my passion instantly. And so I moved to LA and I started my internship with Long Food Productions. Ooh, with with Christine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jen, um, so for me, like I grew up watching YouTube. YouTube was what I like watched growing up. I was like, oh my God, Asian Americans, these guys are so hot and these girls are so cool. And so... <laughs> I wanted to be a part of this, you know, and so getting Wang Fu was like a dream country moment for me. And so I moved down for that reason. And that experience was like amazing. And then after that experience, I started like freelance producing and like um, tour managing other YouTubers within the Asian American space. And I felt like, wow, I felt like I made it and I hit my goal. Right. But soon after that, I realized like even that lifestyle, it sounded like really flashy. I was traveling. I wasn't actually making that much money to like sustain a life in L.A., and I think my friends were like, oh, my God, you, you're going to travel the world. You're going to, like, hang out with all these celebrities. I'm like, yeah, but I'm, I'm barely paying rent. Like, I can't make rent, you know. And so I, I learned quickly after all these experiences that I have to actually transition to a full-time job. And so that was the toughest part for me, um, being in L.A., being alone in the city. The city is really big. And not knowing, like, what to do next. You're questioning, like, what's my next step? Because I thought I, I landed my goal already, but what's next, Right. And then I remember being feeling so isolated because, like, I was comparing myself a lot to my friends back home who were working in tech, working at Facebook and Google and going, oh, my God, I'm going to Coachella this year. I'm going to, like, these events. And, like, Mel, do you want to come? I go, I, I can't. I, I can't afford to. Um, and so for me, like, dealing with not being financially stable was a huge hit because my mom is like, what are you doing with your life? And I, you know, you guys, I went to UCSD. Like, I had internships and all this stuff. So I felt like I had to figure it figured out. And so I'm like, Kind of hard to balance up here. But then, like, I think it's just having the burden of my mom going, What are you doing with your life? Your insurance, we're running out. Your, your insurance is going to end at 26. And so I remember being in LA and trying to figure out to find, trying to figure out how to find happiness without spending money. Uh, you know, so it's really hard to That's hard. find the balance, right? And I think sometimes being financially stable is like a metric of success to a lot of our family members, right? Yeah. So I wasn't, I was just lost, right? And then, I think another thing is social media is really toxic sometimes. And I started comparing myself to all these women that are coming up in this industry. Like, oh, my God, that girl started this internship and she's working with that person now. Like, why? Why isn't that me? And I started, like, spiraling out. And it was, like, the most lost I felt because I'm that person that should have my stuff figured out. Like, I had that perfect life people thought I had. And then here I am alone in my apartment trying to figure out how I'm going to make the next paycheck, you know, and dealing with my mom saying, what's going on with you? And so it's like really like a, that was like my, I guess my first experience of being lost in transition. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I feel like what really stuck out was when you said like, you should have, you should be the person to know. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of us tell ourselves that like we should get our, 
stuff together, you know, like I should, we should be better than this. And that, I think that contributes to kind of the mental anxiety that happens. Yeah. What about you, Janet? Um, so I guess similar to Mel in terms, or actually opposite of Mel, um, I, uh, I kind of went the more traditional trajectory, right? So I think we all know kind of based on our culture, did the things that you're supposed to do in high school, did the things you're supposed to do in college. I studied math, econ, minored in international studies. And my first job out of college was with a big four, with Deloitte. Um, and I landed there and I thought, okay, this is what I've worked for. And I still remember walking into the office on like day two, day two or day three, and having this sinking feeling in my stomach like, this is not it. And having a, like a full on feeling of like panic and this like hollowness of like, okay, if this isn't it though, then what is? And what do I do about that? Um, and so that is, and I actually ended up staying at that job for about two and a half years. And I know there's a lot of people that have, are here today and that listen to us who are, um, kind of struggle with similar things, right? You land that first job and you kind of, it's your first introduction to the adult world and it's not exactly what you expect. And now you don't really know what to do. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of, that was like my experience, I suppose. Um, and then, uh, still stay there for two and a half years though. And I think the kind of tip that I want to give to people is when you're feeling, um, lost to maybe to acknowledge your emotions and to feel them, but to give yourself time to think and process about why it is that you don't like it here. Um, and that took me, so I was there for two and a half years to kind of like collect my thoughts and have that. And then kind of went on this adventure of, um, trying out a bunch of different things, which I guess I can talk about a little bit later. Oh yeah. We'll get into all of that. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's what you just said is like really significant. And like we feel, when we feel lost, it's like we're search grasping for answers, right? We have to get it now. And the longer that you take, the more lost you feel what you just said about taking your time, like what, it, like clearing your head and being, what is the learning lesson in this? What is, I'm here for a reason. You don't have to stay there, but then what is the next step, right? Yeah. And I think it's also like when we talk about using the word should and having like expectations. So when I was there, I'm like, I should like this, right? So, um, and I ended up like, I think giving that time to kind of think and feel your feelings and to really realize like, okay, I, I acknowledge that this isn't necessarily where I, where I want to be. And some people you might follow your gut and some people you might learn to kind of adapt. So there's no wrong way of doing it. Yeah. Right. We've had They're many just, discussions yeah. about this word should lately. Yes. <laughs> Actually in the process of building this event, which we can touch about more, but uh, it can be a pretty troubling word sometimes. Oh, to, like, share, share, share with them. Oh, I'm, yeah. Okay. No, it's, yeah, I think it's good. It's good. Yeah. Well, I just, I, I, I'm a, I have kind of a naturally rebellious side to me and, um, I've grown up with a lot of uh, rules in my life and being, again, not just singularly blaming being Asian American and female, but I think it's certainly influenced by those cultural influences and felt like I always needed to abide by rules and that there's a way that I'm supposed to be. And if I'm not, then I'm lacking something or that I'm being disobedient or a bad daughter or a bad girlfriend or a bad friend. And so I have a big, I, uh, they've heard an earful oh, and then some about how much I don't like that word should because it kind of implies that there's something that you ought to be doing that you're not and it kind of builds up a natural resistance because you're like oh I should work out I should sleep I should care for myself but it's kind of this weird acknowledgement like I'm not sleeping I'm not resting I'm not taking care of myself so brain hack this is like side brain hack is turning the should into I'd like to literally is my brain hack instead of saying I'd like to eat healthier I'd like to be fit so we've been uh, supporting each other through this process of creating this event about all the shoulds um, and about all the things that we just want to have. What do we want to make and what do we want to create in our careers and in this event and in our lives? 
So good. Yeah, take that. Take that nugget. <laughs> you should take. Okay. Yeah, you should take. Okay. <laughs> I like to. How about Regina? Um, I feel like my transit. My story is kind of stereotypical. You know, my parents really wanted me to go to the medical field, and I was like, "Yeah, okay, I'll do this." And then I kind of fell into um, working for Wong Fu. I was there for about six years, um, and that's when Christine and I overlapped. And that was like my first intro into like media and entertainment. And that was something that I had always loved, but I was like, "Eh, I'll do it on the side." And that's what my parents always told me to do: like do it as a hobby. So um, went to college, studied psych, and then had no idea what I was doing with my life. So I went to go get a one-year master's in business management to kind of kill time. And that was kind of when I was like, you know what? Like, this is my opportunity. If I don't do it now, I I'm never going to get this. So that's when the New York bug hit. And then I just like went off to New York. And I think that like I kind of wish that I had that drive that I did back then but I remember moving to that new city and just being so excited like I wanted to see everything do everything um, meet everyone I was making coffee meetings and that's kind of how I stumbled into my job at CBS um, working for their podcast network and so when I got there it's kind of like Mel where it's like oh my god this is everything I ever wanted I was like I just want to work in one of those tall buildings and now here I am now, now what? Hello, <laughs> you know? New York? Yeah, and I was there for, I was at CBS for about two years, and I think that's when I started getting this, like, inkling feeling, like, I want to try something new, um, and then I started jumping around jobs, and then that's kind of when I was like, oh, maybe my stint with New York is done, like, I should move back to LA. Uh, this is where my home is, this is where I grew up. I felt like it was a very practical thing, a lot of, I felt like I just kind of wanted to set, start settling down. So I got back to LA, and then... I was so lost. I didn't, I, w I was like kind of looking for jobs, but it didn't really feel right. Like I had already done that corporate thing. I'd kind of done the startup thing. And I was like, I don't know which one I like more. And, um, I feel like this, that's what this past year has been for me. Just really like there are days where I was super unproductive and like I'd be super hard on myself. And I also had my mother because I'm living at home right now. She was like, what are you doing with your life? Like, what have you done today? And, that was really hard. Like, I feel like mentally, I didn't know what I was doing. And then I was being bombarded with all these questions. And like, I'd get really defensive, but then I had nothing to defend. And so I think that it was like a lot of psyche of just me, like a lot of my friends were getting married. A lot of my friends were like starting to get promotions and like move really high up into their positions. And I felt like I was starting over. And I like when people were asking me, like, what are you looking for? Or like, what kind of jobs? Or what are your skills? I was like, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I like digital. <laughs> like I didn't have like a proper answer for that. And so I think that I, that kind of just downward spiraled into me just being very kind of like trying a bunch of things, but not committing to anything. And so I think that that just kind of made things worse. And, um, but now I feel like things are starting to pick up. I think like, you know, planning an event like this has really helped me get in that clearer mindset of like setting goals and schedules. Like we have due dates and stuff like that. So yeah. And like even me saying like, Oh, I'm starting a clothing. Like I feel like I wasn't able to say that up until like maybe a few weeks ago even because I was like, Oh, what if this doesn't do well? This doesn't, you know, like all those my, all those things running through my head. But now I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to say it. <laughs> if it doesn't do well, it's fine. If it does well, great. But I'm going to say it and I'm going to commit to it. And this is what I'm doing now. And she already has samples, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> like this girl went from not, not being able to say it out loud and now she's already like, Announcing it. it, we did. She's sharing swatches with us. It's amazing. We got scrunchies. Yeah, yeah. we got scrunchies. It's well, an amazing process. Regina, I, like the phrase that I hear you've been saying throughout since you moved back from New York is "left behind." Yeah. 
and like that feeling of like people are and I think Mel you touched upon this right seeing other people moving forward in what they should be doing and feeling like well where am I and how do I catch up so yeah Sorry. and I think there's a what the the thread that's going through is definitely that those moments of feeling so lost that you kind of spiral out and you're just in a fog or kind of just in the air and you don't know what to grasp onto. So I'm really curious, you know, now you guys have shared so honestly what you were going through and how that felt. And just if you feel, of, I mean, how many people here are are out of school and in the working world? Oh, okay. Yes! How many are in undergrad or, or grad school? Still in school? Oh, yeah. Babies. Dude, props to y'all, okay? I'm here for you. Um, no, it, it, people are at very different stages in their lives, so I'm wondering, you know, the most helpful thing that I've learned from all of you is, like, how did you deal with it? You know, even though our circumstances might be really different, I'm not in the corporate world, but certainly going from gig to gig or whatever, what were the, the coping mechanisms? Like, how did you start to navigate through that fog? Well, I guess for when I was going through that first quarter life crisis, I was isolated. I didn't have a job, so... I think I had a friend. I was venting. I'm a venter. I like to talk. I'm a, I'm a talker, you know. So, of course, I was, venting a a of, <laughs> I was venting to a bunch of my friends. And at one point, some girl goes, she asked me, she's like, so what are you doing to, like, make yourself, you know, happy and, like, move forward? I was like, I said, what are your hobbies? I go, oh, I love watching shows. And I was just like, Mel, that's like, that is a distraction. That is not a hobby. I was like, oh, shoot. Like, I think you're, I think you're right. And I realized, like, when I was feeling this lost feeling and feeling toxic I was trying to find a way to like not think about it versus tackling head-on right and so when she said that, I was like it kind of just hit me I was like I gotta do something about it right what's something I could do that's actionable to move forward and of course being surrounded by youtubers I was like you know what I'm I'm gonna make my first short yeah. and so I think Taylor's in this room he I, I tapped into Taylor who's a really good friend and he helped me like write my first short and direct it and film it and for me that was a huge step forward to be like I made something like I think it's that's the hard thing it's like where do I even do but to actually create something on your by yourself that was the first step like taking action to something more um but I do want to talk about something else real quick it's like we talked about our first experience with transitioning like that was my quarter life crisis was my first instinct of transition right that moment of lostness but I actually landed a corporate job six months after that feeling and when I got my corporate job quickly like Janet I went in I was like I, I hate this I was like what am I doing here I mean, I love the kombucha on tap and I love, I love, I love that paycheck I'm getting every two weeks, but what am I, what am I like, what's my life now? So that, that question came out again and I wanted to leave. Like I was working at a fast fashion company selling shoes and they, these shoes, they're okay. Uh, they're, they were like super fancy. So for me, I felt like I was selling out, especially as someone that came to LA to pursue that dream. What am I doing now? Like, you know, so coming to the corporate culture and stuff. So. I felt lost again in transition because I was ashamed of my role. I was ashamed of my title, being part of this company. I wasn't proud of, to be a part of this company. And so my company magazine then was to, to talk to my friends, of course, to look for other jobs, but to realize that, like, I think not having that first experience of feeling lost, I didn't know how to navigate that current situation of being lost in corporate because feeling lost when I was 25, when I first went to L.A., taught me skills, how to navigate myself better when I hit the second transition in my life. And that's when I feel like I was better equipped to take on those things. So just like, oh, sorry, one more thing I want to mention. Like, I think a, a really like, important skill I learned my first time with Coil of Crisis is like learning to rely on yourself. You know, I think I am someone that does rely on others, especially when I vent. I want answers from my friends, my family members. But in that moment, I realized like at the end of the day, I only have myself to rely on. 
And I know myself better than anyone else in this room than my life because I know what goes on in my mind. And that's when I started actually journaling to myself and re and encouraging myself again because I think I do seek validation through others sometimes. I'm a people pleaser. But it wasn't until that moment I was like, I'm going to validate myself and say, Mel, you are, you are A, B, and C. And I'm actually going to believe that I am A, B, and C. Because sometimes in the day, like, you need, I think you are your, like, your worst critic, but you're also your biggest cheerleader. And so yeah. really embracing that. That helped me so much through all these different transitions. So that's how I coped with them. These oh my weird God. lives. <laughs> Such a good answer. Yes. Um, so I realized I actually really didn't really share my all of my transitions in my story. So before I answer the question of how I coped, I'll take you through my journey. Um, so I think I left <laughs> I left off at Deloitte, uh, the big corporate job that I landed, um, and I left Deloitte. Uh, or maybe I should preface that before I started at Deloitte, I was actually always very focused on I wanted to help people. I have a little bit of hippie in me, um, and I minored in international studies. Um, and so before starting my job at Deloitte, I spent ten weeks in Kenya working uh, with micro enterprises and uh, teaching people how to kind of or working with organizations that were doing like beekeeping as a way to generate income for individuals. Um, so it was kind of a way that I was exploring. <laughs> um, Sorry, beekeeping? Beekeeping. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a very necessary <laughs> like, thing, Mel. <laughs> I mean, it's really big now, but in 2008, it was, yeah, it was. <laughs> um, but that was a kind of my first dabble into, you know, doing or practicing something that I felt was interesting, but I didn't know if I could develop a career in. Um, and at the time, I was kind of thinking about, oh, maybe Peace Corps, right? And what I learned from that experience, though, because I, I was not in the Peace Corps, but there were, I met a lot of people there who were in the Peace Corps and um, really kind of unfortunately saw how, like, negative it could be and how draining it could be um, and how it's it can be very tricky too because you're tied to your government and you're in a different country um so i kind of learned from that experience that like i got i got to like experience it but it maybe was not going to be the path for me um so then i i come back to the states and i start my job in at deloitte and then two and a half years later feel that kind of calling again which is like oh i don't i don't feel fulfilled um, and so when I left my job, I actually went and kind of freelanced for a bit and um, actually took an internship, which is this is something that I think is kind of hard for people to swallow when you're transitioning, how to learn to be a beginner again, um, especially when you have work experience. Um, kind of the takeaway that I've gotten is like, it's OK to be a beginner and kind of the take or my kind of um, way of choosing or learning to cope with all of this is learning the self-acceptance that it's okay to be a beginner over and over again, right? And that I might just be someone that through my life, um, I just try a lot of stuff and I'll have different periods. And through different periods of um, of going through that change, I will learn to navigate them better. Um, so after doing the uh, the uh, beekeeping, <laughs> I was kind of interning and, and doing consulting work <laughs> in, in social enterprise stuff in San Francisco, learned pretty quickly that I was not going to be able to sustain myself financially. So similar to Mel facing those instances of you, you know, I go swing from one end of corporate, you're financially stable, but you're not fulfilled. Swing into the other end of doing work that fulfills you, but you can't quite sustain your lifestyle. Uh, so then I boomerang back to the other end and I went into advertising um, and I found a program that did like a 10-week boot camp, went to Miami for 10 weeks and then the plan was to move to New York City and work in advertising. So that was my third foray. <laughs> Um, and then the, what is, now we're on like the fourth or fifth. <laughs> now you're in New York. Now I'm in New York and 
yeah. everybody's mentioned New York was really hard for you. Yes. Yeah. 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 New York was really challenging for me. So you went to Deloitte and SF. You realized that wasn't the right path for you. Yes. You went to beekeeping in Africa and the Peace Corps, and then you came back to LA. You're like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then you went to Miami for a as for the program, advertising. Yes. With the, with the goal to move to New York, and you moved to New York, and yes. you kind of shattered your expectations. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well done. Sorry. Thanks for well taking my back. Yes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I spent about a year in advertising and kind of had that pull again of wanting to do something more meaningful. So this time I went into Chinese medicine. So I, <laughs> so I actually spent a quarter in Chinese medicine school. Um, and I, I think, so I, I kind of, I went back into work now. I work as a UX designer. Um, but that's <laughs> full circle. Um, yes, yeah. But so I guess one takeaway that I would have is that I, that's not what I'm doing now, but I also believe that maybe in the future I might go back to that. So, um, I didn't answer the question at oh, all. Yeah. No, no, you, did, you did. I think like you touched upon so many, obviously you can see why she's part of this panel, right? <laughs> Lost in transition. So then I think it's like, how did you cope through all of that? Cause there's a lot of transitions. There's yeah, a lot yeah. of like you deciding, like, I, I think I want to do this. I'm going to try it out, which is amazing because a lot of people actually don't follow through with it. They have like an inkling. They have a nudging feeling. But, you know, it's like, how do you find the courage to go through with it? And then when you find out this isn't for me, how do you deal with that? Right. So what was your coping mechanism from all that? Uh, family and friends, family and friends. And I think similar to Mel, it's like learning to take care of yourself. Um, so yoga was big. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I think one thing because me and you talk about this because yeah. we always like oh what are we doing in the life but then I think for you one thing you do is like, you actually heavily research every field you go into yeah, to yeah. make sure you're like mentally equipped but realizing that's okay like you rather put on the work and know it's not the right step for you before you move on to your next thing yeah so I've learned I think I've learned from myself that I'm someone who definitely needs to try stuff um, so I will yeah I will do the research and I will do all the things and I might know that something is the right decision but it isn't until I try it that I kind of really figure out that something is right or wrong and um, it's just I think building up the resilience to be able to like fall and get back up again fall and get back up again and I think that's a really important trait that especially for our culture I think that we're all kind of taught that you're gonna you find one path and then you go and then you just kind of develop in that direction um, and I've learned that my personality like I've always been someone that's multi, like interested in a lot of different things and learning that you know I should just like learning to accept that and embrace that and that I, you know it could be it could be a good thing so yeah I know that's amazing I feel <laughs> like what you just said about it's a lot of practicing non-self-judgment yes which is so hard <laughs> but i think that's part of the process of picking yourself back up because how do you i went through that period of time too it's like how do you pick yourself up you know what I mean? so just pick yourself up pick yourself but it's like sometimes you're just on the floor you're like i don't want to yeah. so what janet does is she gets into downward dog yeah <laughs> yeah it helps. Yeah, yeah, it is though. Yeah. But I think, and Janet, do you, can you take it? I'm falling out of my chair. I'm like, Janet, tell me more. Um, this is what happens when you talk with your friends. Um, just on the yoga front, because I think people will turn to different activities mm -hmm. and I'm just like, we say a lot of things about fitness or yoga, but can, why did that help you so much? Like, what about it? Because you were separate, like you're in Miami, you're in San Francisco, you're yeah. not necessarily around all of your friends and family, right? Maybe you can FaceTime them, but it's not the same. Um, can you touch a little bit on how that really helps like your mind, your spirit? Yeah, I think, I mean, before yoga, I also kind of started running. Um, are there any runners in the room? <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually really hated two people. That were <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at you, I'm like, we do not run. I, yeah, I was like, yeah. I don't run. But yeah, I mean, I think like... 
physical fitness or um, like because there's like an endorphin release, right? Yeah. So I do think that that is that's something that people should explore more. It's and like it's, you yeah. dread it, and like you're while you're going, you're like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing yeah. this? Even when you're doing it, you're like, I hate this, I hate this, and afterwards you're like, oh, that was nice. Yeah. <laughs> Achievements. I am Rocky. Yeah. Yes. Well, why do that when you could just drink milk tea, right, and have a good time? <laughs> that's exciting. I've never seen Christine in all of our planning process without milk tea. It's like a thing. It's her. But actually, going back to Christine, what you said about, like, sometimes if you feel like you're down to just, like, be okay with that, um, I do want to say it's, like, kind of accept and be okay with that. So, yeah. I think a lot of it is giving yourself permission. Yes. I think that's hard. Like, that never really clicked with me. I heard that a lot. And then, then finally, when I was going through it, it was like, oh, it's okay, like, for me to give myself permission, because I think so much of it is tied to, like, external validation. Like, what do our parents think? What do our friends say about this? And, like, the people around you. But then when you give yourself that permission to be, like, it's okay to stay in bed. Yeah. It's okay. Like, rest is necessary, you know? It's okay to ch- Netflix and chill if you want to, you know? <laughs> like, it's okay. And and that is starting the process of non-self-judgment. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. I think Mel was talking about that too because she was yeah. doing an actual externalized validation of herself in her journaling to say, I am these things and to embrace that and like not even give her permission, but that validation that you're seeking from everything else to herself. Yeah. I mean, there's for sure, like there are days when I'm like, I think I want to cry today. Like I literally thought, like, I feel like crying. <laughs> I think today's the day. I'm gonna schedule I, in a good yeah. like, I, I, I literally put on like emo, like music and some like OS, some Korean OSD and then I journal my heart out because I'm just like, I need to just like, let I need to out. let it. I just need to let yeah. go. And like, there are days where like it's shitty. You feel like crap. You're like, I just need yeah. to. I freaking cry. Yeah. It was crazy though, cause like though, cause like I was a huge journaler, but in this past year, I haven't been able to like bring myself to do that because I haven't been able to like face myself mm. and like what is going on in my head. I feel like journaling probably would have helped, <laughs> but like while I've been going through this, it's just all these thoughts in my head. And like you know, sometimes when you actually like pen it to paper, you're like, okay, that's ridiculous. But when you keep it all in, it is like I should probably go home and journal after this. <laughs> um, but I think that like for me coping with this like really difficult period in my life my friends who are here today they helped me a lot they would like come over and bring me milk tea and be like what do you want to talk about today (laughs) you know and um we planned a lot of trips and like i feel like that helped me clear up my mind a lot um but it is hard like sometimes you don't really know what to do but i think that if i could kind of even go back a couple of months what i would tell myself is just like have more confidence in myself like i think that i would see what everyone else is doing and i'm like how could i ever possibly do that like i was comparing my you know step negative five to like someone's like step 500 and it was i was like so hard on myself like i couldn't even fathom myself being able to create something or do something that could potentially be successful. And so that just, I feel like that mentality just really drove me into a very dark place. But I think that if, if I'm able to have those that confidence, start kind of listing out the things that I'm actually good at versus like mulling over the things that I'm not good at. Um, I think that having a really good support system of friends who can help you see that, like Christine, I think that she was always like, no, 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 but like these are all the things that you are really great at. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like kind of going back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, having changed through all these jobs and not really being able to verbalize that or vocalize that. I think having that idea of being like, hey, I've done this. This is my experience. It may not be super relevant to some of my current experiences, but it is something that I've done before. And it is something that I can proudly say like, oh, that's what I did. And this is what I've learned from it. So good. Oh my God. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> oh, there's, I, 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 sorry. As you're talking, I, was like, I thought of something too. Yeah. Uh, sorry. 
I'm just like slastered. Don't, don't apologize, girl. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not apologizing. Anyways, uh, <laughs> um, I think another thing, like for like when you feel lost in your corporate job, or you feel like, what am I doing with my life? I guess I said take action. For me, that's how ABG was formed. When I was at my first corporate job, and I was like, I hate selling shoes. And what am I? I care about the Asian American community experience. What can I do about this? And it was through that conversation that we formed ABG. And I feel like. Like if I wouldn't, if I didn't recognize I wanted something more than my corporate job and want to take action within my community, I don't think this podcast would have formed. And so I feel like that is something that's like a, it's like a, it's like a magic trick or like a tool you could use to like find something even greater than yourself and what you're pursuing right now because you never know what that can lead to. And it can also come in a different format, right? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like she didn't need to leave her job to do this. It was exploring doing something as a side project. So literally, was just talking to Connie <laughs> um, about this where she's. You know, like there's this yearning inside for something bigger, something more, but not sure how to tap into that. So my my question to you guys is, how do you take that first step? Because a lot of people, and we've been there, right? You're lost in transition. You hear all these inspirational things. You're like, cool. But then how do I take that first step? So what was it for you guys that made you just do it or get get to that point of doing it um for me with this clothing line right now i definitely think that my mom helped me a lot just with uh organizing like connections and kind of setting that foundation for me because i think that i was in such a place where i was so disorganized and everything she was like okay why don't you try this and i think that from that i was able to kind of like okay uh thinking through like what do I need to do and what are you know who who do I need to talk to in order to do this and I think that one of the things that I've always really loved is like getting coffee with people and just meeting other people who have either done this or they just have experience in this and I think that that is something that helps me like gain clarity like uh, just being able to hear other people's experiences and then be like okay what works for me what doesn't and then like start with a plan of ABC things that I need to do that's so good yeah I think like just getting that whether it's like that push from within yourself or from people around you i think really utilizing and not being afraid to ask for help yeah i think that's the part where we the worst at that yeah Yeah. and then like for this event i asked for so much help (laughs) and i was like i'm not gonna apologize for it and these girls like totally killed it i think that there's a lot of taking on too much and feeling like if i don't do it myself if i don't push through then there's something wrong with me i'm not made for this and we but then like there's so many people around you when you actually start talking to them they're like oh my god i can connect you with this person you don't have to reinvent the wheel yeah, yeah. i mean this event came about because christina and i were driving back from an event and she was like oh i really want to do something like this and then i was like well you should just do it yeah. and she's like all right we're gonna do it in two months i was like wait 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 hold on so sometimes it does take kind of that push from people around you because christine literally set a date she was like october 5th that's the day and then we're all like oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and look you guys are all here, here. <laughs> And if, I mean, I definitely want to give you guys space to answer Christine's question of like how you took that first step. But what I hear a lot from when you guys are sharing is, um, that sense of dissatisfaction, right? There was something that wasn't quite right with where you were that was pushing you to like reach for more, either because you're just like, this isn't it. I'm not feeling it. Um, but in the process of like identifying what you don't want, ideally the situation is you figure out what you do want, right? And that can, identifying what you don't like can be pretty easy. But then flipping that and figuring out, 
um, what you do want out of the next job or like if it's salary, if it's lifestyle and like location, whatever. Um, how did you guys start answering that questions? And also how was that tied to like finding out your purpose? Cause it all, I know all three of you are incredibly purposeful people. You're not wanting to do things just because. Even though that's totally fine, you, you all do different jobs just because. But how did you find out what you wanted to do, and then how did you find the motivation, the purpose to like do that? I think for me, it came down to after trying all these things and living through like what it's like to kind of do something with purpose but not be financially stable, what it's like to be financially stable but not have purpose. Um, I did get very clear with myself about what my priorities are, and that I do I do need financial stability. And I kind of went down to the, like what is the amount that I would need to live, and then what are the jobs that would have that. And if I need um, like if I know that I tend to work better in a more balanced work setting, so I look for nine to five. I'm not looking to go crazy and change the world in my job, right? Um, but I still am looking that for that fulfillment. And when we were talking about starting the podcast, it's like I learned that that was something I could do on the side as a hobby and and look for fulfillment in other aspects of my life. But my career will be the thing for me that allows me to feel stable in my lifestyle. Um, I feel like we always have this like expectation of this job, our dream job is going to be everything. It's going to give us all of our friends. It's going to give us financial stability. It's going to be like we're going to feel so just like driven. But I feel like that's a really heavy burden when it doesn't pan out that way. And I love what you said about, you know, having kind of side hobbies and being able to kind of dabble in a little bit of everything because that's how I am too. I have a ton of interests. I also have that commonality of my parents always being like, you just need to help others. And to them, they're like, oh, well, medicine is the best way to do that because the people will always get sick and you will always be able to help them and I was like and so that was so like ingrained in me that I wasn't able to see outside of that um, but I think that you know having started the podcast and having so many of you guys reach out and say that you connected with us like I found purpose in that and I found fulfillment in that so like to put all your eggs in one basket of like this job is going to be everything this relationship is going to be everything I feel like that's an unrealistic expectation I also think like I agree with what you guys both said, but also I, I kind of feel like it's like finding a man, right? Let's one relation doesn't work out, you find the good things in that, and you move on to the next, right? So I think with your job, you it's the same thing. You're like, I don't like this about this job. This what this is what makes me tick. I, I'm passionate about this, and so after like I knew of my corporate job, I was working like selling shoes. I was doing like studio work, and then I moved on to social media. I was like, social media is my calling. I think I, there's something about it I really enjoy, so I moved over to the social media team. And I've always been to digital media. Like, you know, I started off in YouTube and luckily now I work for Jubilee Media. Hey, Jason, what's up? That's my boss. Hey. Um, and I feel like so happy in where I'm at right now. Cause like I, now coming full circle, I work for a YouTube, uh, digital media company, not a YouTube channel. And I feel like I, I feel like without these trial and errors and being lost in transition, I wouldn't be here now being so happy where I am in my job. And not gonna lie, it's, I still feel somewhat in a transition because this job is no, it's, it's hard. You know, you're still trying to figure yourself out. And I think with being, being feeling lost in transition, it's, it's relating to when you don't have everything figured out, you feel lost, right? But the thing is, when you start a new job and all these new things, you're not gonna have it figured out. You're gonna learn along the way and luckily you have enough support within your team, within your friends to support you up. And so I think it's just like a the biggest takeaway I got from being lost in transition is that it's a common thing and it's going to happen again and again because yeah. you're constantly evolving. So how can you deal with it better as you move on to next transition, transition your life? Yeah. And I feel like it's one of those things too, when you get that thing that you were looking for, you still feel lost. Yeah. Right? I remember you talking like, you're like, Oh, you know, even though we've got those jobs, like we're starting new, we're like, Oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. So I feel like that feeling doesn't ever go away, whether you're lost or at a job or anything. Like, I think that it's just having that confidence to be like, all right, you know what? I have this opportunity. I will make the best of what I have. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. No, I, 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 like, I yes. completely agree. And I think just tying together, and we're going to open it up to Q&A right after this, but like, it's finding the thread, the common thread that is within yourself and getting to know yourself better. And I feel like through transitions, through getting lost, it's really just a tap into a deeper level to ask yourself these questions that you wouldn't have asked if things were going amazing. It's to look at it that way. So the more that you learn about yourself, and these, these transitions are a mechanism to help you get to know yourself better, that then you can actually start implementing the steps, taking the stuff that you learn about what clicks with you, what doesn't, and how you make those steps moving forward. So how do you make decisions that serve you and recognizing what decisions that you thought served you versus serving other people around you? That's a really big distinction. And that that's something that takes getting to know yourself and through these transitions or tough times. So thank you guys so much for sharing. Thank you. Oops. Yeah. And let's open it up to Q&A. So if anybody has a question, please raise your hand. Don't be shy. I have a starter question if people want to gather their thoughts. Because this is a... I really, really want to know this from all of you. <laughs> uh, because I think two out of three of you touched upon the social media part, the comparison part. Mm -hmm. I think that there are arguments or like debates about the toxicity of social media, that it's not social media itself that's like breaking everybody down. It's just, it's a, it's a platform. It's a tool. So we can't like use that as a cop out all the time. And I actually kind of felt attacked and seen. Um, but in, in light of the fact that social media is not going anywhere and that we have all these like hyper intense ways of comparison, comparison ourselves, comparing ourselves, pardon me. Um, how do you guys cope with that? Like, how do you, what, what do you do to like protect your mental health and how do you, um, mitigate the comparing because it can get really overwhelming, especially when you're in transition or I don't know when I'm PMSing. Like it, can, it can be. There are times where it's just worse than others. You know what I mean. So how do you deal with that? I per I have the time limit on my phone, so I so I, I do social media pretty much full time. I run like three different accounts, including my own. So just like I get really burned, and it's I'm addicted to my phone. I'm not gonna lie. It's harvesting. I take it to the toilet. I take it everywhere, and so I literally set a time limit every time, every day at eleven o'clock. I turn it off, and I literally go on stints where I just don't go on social like I, I delete instagram off my phone for a few days and just having that little break is so refreshing um and also there when i'm not gonna lie, when i feel insecure about certain people i mute their accounts like i'm not afraid to mute yeah. them because it's just like why would i put myself in that mental state to compare myself to others i know i'm gonna see that and feel like shit so muting people i mean they don't know if you mute them right so it's, it's okay <laughs> and just like honestly just being okay and just saying like hey i'm gonna take a few days off social media it's fine like if you need to do that, if you got to do that for yourself, just take it and do it because I know I, I need to do it all the time. And this is a side thing, but like finding ways to force yourself to not be on your phone. Like yeah. that's how I got back into watching movies in the movie theaters because I know if I'm there, I can't be on my phone. I'm not allowed to really. So finding ways to like, I guess like finding experiences or, or locations where you can't use your phone. So yeah, be, just do that. Yeah, I think for me, it's like finding the people on social who really speak to me, like finding the people who I really look up to. And I feel like that's also a really good way for me to figure out, like, why do I look up to them? Why do I admire them so much? But I think that's been what I've been trying to use social for. I kind of agree with Mel, like mute unfollow the people who make you feel bad about yourself. But if you have that opportunity, really, I feel like social is great. Like I do. Th I mean, I'm guilty of saying, you know, oh, my God, I compare myself to all these people traveling and, you know, uh, doing 
doing all these things. But I think that when you really find the people that speak to you who say things that you really resonate with, social can be a great thing. It can be something that you go on and you feel inspired by. You know, obviously don't spend, you know, three hours on Instagram, which I'm definitely guilty of, but I think that it can be used for good. And I would say also like getting to know the people behind the accounts and so that you can flip your mentality to when they're doing good things, you feel like you're winning as well, right? Like it's so you build that kind of relationship. Um, Minji had posted this really, really great TED talk by JGL. You guys should look it up. It's like he explains it so well and how our like minds have adjusted to why we use social media and the need for attention from it and then how to like work around that and what is it that we're really doing when we're posting and what we're asking for. So yeah, check it out. JGL is a uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt for the non-fans. Oh. But if you're not a fan. Who's a non-fan? You're, you're a non-fan. I mean. He's, he's Robin for God's sakes. Yeah. Okay. Anybody have questions? Yes. Oh. Were you able to find mentors during the transition, and how has that helped you guys? <laughs> I, think, uh, I, I don't know if I necessarily found mentors, but there's always one person, like a since high school I always looked up to, because for me she represented like an elevated version of myself that I always wanted to be. So even though we didn't work in the same industry, I feel like whatever she said, I always took her, her words for like true knowledge. So for me, it's for, I don't know, for me, I don't li- really look for mentors. I look for people that I actually... That I feel like are like the version of myself ten years from now I want to be. Not necessarily it's in my industry though, just as that they exude everything I want to be. Yeah. I actually feel like um I had someone who a little bit of opposite of that was only a couple of years older than me in in terms of the UX career, and she played such a pivotal role in helping me get um one of the UX jobs that really I felt like helped me grow. Um and I felt really fortunate because I know also in technology women are not as well represented. Um so yeah. Um, can I say the ladies up here? <laughs> um, I feel like for me, I definitely am that type of person. I have like a group of really good cl- close girlfriends and they're always like my rock. They're always there for me. I can tell them anything and I feel like they're always there to give me like a really sound advice of just being able to see outside of my head. You know, like I feel like I'm just always so in my head and I hear my voice all day and I'm so annoyed with it. But to have someone else's perspective and someone else's input helps a lot. Um, I definitely, when I was in New York, I feel like I need to build that out in LA. But in New York, I had a couple of like VPs and stuff at CBS that were like really, really great mentors. Um, and I think it really is just knocking on their door and going in and being like, hey, like, I need to talk. And I feel like that's what opened up a lot of relationships for me. Great question. There's a question. Yeah, right. Hi, my name is Megan. Um, I'm from Seattle. Hi. I Megan. graduated from the University of Washington six months ago. Congratulations. Congratulations. Um, I'm actually looking for a job right now. And through job hunting, I'm starting to realize that it's really difficult for me to figure out what I'm good at without the external validation of grades, um, only aligning myself to like job descriptions. So what are some ways that you, during this time of uncertainty, what are some ways that you remind yourself of what you're good at? Um, and how do you constantly remind yourself, I guess, of that throughout the process without trying to, I guess, fit into a job description or fit into something that might feel like, might make you feel like you're selling out? Thank you for coming. (laughs) Um, 
I think of the thing about job descriptions, having worked in HR and being on the other side of that and writing these descriptions, I feel like it's really hard, right? When you read the job description, you're like, well, I, I kind of can do that. And, oh, I can't do those things. But I think that, like, when a job, when a job poster and, um, a, a team is looking for a new member of, a new member, um, I think that they're looking for more of, like, your personality of how you can fit in and, like, some of the skills that you have. I think that looking back, kind of what Christine was saying, that common thread of, like, what has carried you through all, all of your years, right? Yeah, you, you're saying that you're just graduating from college, but there must be something that you've done that's like relevant from like middle school, high school, uh, college that kind of is that commonality of you're like, okay, these are the things that I spend extra time doing after school or um, these are the things that I really enjoy doing. I think one of the things for me that really helped was just literally asking my friends like, what do you think are things that I'm good at? Because I can't verbalize that myself, but hearing other people kind of, I mean, it's a little ex external validation-y, but you know, <laughs> your best friends will know you best. And I think having them kind of also be like point out things that you may not see in yourself, I think that that is really helpful. Sorry, you like took me in. Yeah. <laughs> no, but even following on the other side, because I just wrote a job description, and I'm honestly, I made that, I made that sound really smart. Yeah. So we're like, but like, we're we're gonna we're gonna fluff up the, the the description to get what we want. But like, like like Regina said, like you probably did something in college to get to where you are right now, and those are all applicable skills you can use for this job description or for this job this job hunt, and. Um, I just blacked out right now. <laughs> oh my god, Mel, are you okay? Off the mic. Okay? Um, no, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think like what you're saying about like job description and what you're good at and the next step, like we've we've been there. Like you, it was like ninety percent of the people that have like entered the real world and you it's completely normal to have that like what is it that I fit? Because, and there's something that I realized and read about that for women, we don't really apply for the jobs that we don't qualify for, that we read the description, we're like, oh my God, I can't do that, you know? But guys don't care. Do you know that? Guys are just like, I'm going to apply anyways. So, you know, and you're just like, yeah, okay, you can see why they're getting the opportunities, right? So I think for you during this time period, I, I would just go, like, as much as you go in for the interviews and if you land the interviews, like, you're, you're there to interview them too. Yes. You know, do you yeah. like the company culture? Ask them, you know, like, what is it that you guys have for lunch? I don't know. Like, you know, don't ask them. But just like really, like, what do you guys stand for? I think for me, when I was going through that, I, and it was, I have to say like during that time period when you're in your twenties, early twenties, like there's so much that you have yet to experience about the world. So you're coming in with this knowledge of what you think you know, but you, once you do it, then that's when you know, right? Yes. So a lot of companies, just go off of that. So like for me, I was like, I love Disney, you know? So I was like, I'm going to see how do I get in there? And Disney's cool. <laughs> there's a lot of things that, you know, there's not so great. But like, I think for you, it's just like, just, just go in there with curiosity. This is a time for you to explore, to learn and learn about yourself. There's no like, once you get the job, you have to commit to it for the rest of your life. It's totally okay. Okay. People transition out of their jobs all the time. <laughs> just talk, talk to Janet, you know? <laughs> well, I would also say, don't be afraid to just take interviews because it's a little bit of a numbers thing, right? So you warm up and you might, you know, fail the first one or do whatever and get it, get it out of your system because the more rounds that you do it, the more you'll feel comfortable. Yeah. 
Yeah, just trust yourself in this process. You may not feel like you can or that you should, and there'll be things to be like, oh, I didn't get the, they didn't pay me as much as I thought, or I didn't get that job. I thought the interview went, went well. Don't worry about that. Like, you, you're, this is all the experiences that you're supposed to go through. Yeah, okay. and I would say that if you're still in that, like, just graduated period, one of the things that I wish I did was just apply for internships. Cause I know that the, some of the bigger companies, they have like a, oh, if you graduated within like three to six months, you can do this internship. And then I was past that, so I couldn't <laughs> apply. But I feel like internships are a really good way for you to be like, oh, this is like a trial period of whether or not I like it. And if you do really well, I feel like it opens up a lot of doors. Can I ask you what you're interested in? Oh, okay. I feel like, you know. She knows what she wants. Who, who's yeah. in, who's in marketing here? Okay, you got some people to connect with, girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. Don't, just to ask them, too, how yeah. their experience has been in marketing in general, you know. And also, don't underestimate um, assistant jobs. I mean, I work in entertainment and nonprofit world, but, like, you you learn everything by just being a very I, – I got my career start being an administrative assistant at a nonprofit. And by doing that, you're, I was helping with filing. I was helping with, like, basic – helpful gigs but like across the company very very broad but in that i learned how all the departments worked and so every little step connects you know and that's up to you and then there you can like further hone like oh this is what i'm interested in and you might totally be surprised oh this thing that i thought would be really cool and exciting maybe not so much for me on the day to day but and this other thing completely opens up to you and that's again i i i kind of counter what christine says because i i I, I thought at my, you know, after college graduation, like, I was grown. <laughs> I knew a lot. And I, 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 again, my rebellious side was like, don't tell me I'm, like, in the real world. Like, I've been in the real world, you know? And so I think there's different ways to look at it. Maybe you're not a, a working professional yet, but you've been in the world, and you're a consumer, and you're, you're marketed to all the time. So I think going on that, that kind of builds your confidence of, like, hey, I'm a young, fresh voice. I have something to contribute to. I'm a target demographic for some company. Like my opinion matters too. And kind of taking that um that intimidation off of that can also like really bolster your confidence. Such a good answer. And then let me just cut to the chase and just spoiler alert. Titles don't mean shit. Okay. <laughs> like you don't don't worry about titles. Everyone can make one up. I'm like CEO of Milk tea, yeah, like yeah, XOXO Christine. Yeah, so like don't be intimidated by that or feeling like, oh, but my friend is like manager or like VP of whatever and she's only like 24. Good for her, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> congratulations, good, good for her. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. Oh my god. Sorry, um, questions? questions, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 more questions. questions. Are we good in time? One more? Oh, can we? Like, can we, like, the Steven, yes, yeah. the guy, yes. A man. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Steven. Oh, you wrote it down. I know. In wow. the passion planner. Do you guys know that? That's why you gave you guys passion planners, so you get to take down notes in the back if you want. $3. Okay, so, okay, uh, so you guys hit a transition period after graduating um, from college and then learned to cope with it. I'm curious about for people who are in high school or in like college, have, they haven't hit that point yet, so they don't really know what's coming. So, is being lost something that can be prevented or prepared for? Uh, the other way to phrase it would be is there a way to start the process of learning your own priorities, values, and passions earlier, like before graduating? Thank you for coming. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the thing about being lost, like, I think everybody feels that. I think that it's hard to prepare because I have friends who prepare and then they still feel lost. So I would say that if you're in that, like, high school, college period, 
try everything like this is the opportunity for you to be kind of reckless in that where you can just try everything with like very little consequence and like take initiative i think that those are two things i wish i did during that period of my time because i remember like getting the wong fu gate and i was like, oh this is great i'm gonna stick with this and do nothing else and then now i'm like i could have tried other things or like join clubs or just meet other people doing different things because i feel like that broadens your perspective versus like i was very like narrow-minded and like tunnel vision and focused and then i kind of you know, yeah. <laughs> that's, that was it. <laughs> so yeah, try try different things, um, meet different people doing different things. I feel like it doesn't hurt. Yeah, I would say similarly, like maybe you throw yourself into situations where you think you're going to fail because that's the thing that will like building up resilience is the one best tool you have against transitions. So the earlier you do that, try stuff know, that like, you know. Building resilience. Yes. Yeah. Fail, basically, is my advice. Okay, whatever she, what did you, (laughs) one more time. Building resilience. Or, or just put yourself in situations where you, you feel like you might fail and do that multiple times. You build up your tolerance and you build up resilience. There was a guy, (laughs) (laughs) there was a guy on YouTube, I think he went out and asked out a person for a favor every day. Wasn't, does anyone know what I'm talking about? Um, he went to learn how to deal with rejection. So he, all he did was just ask people to help him with random things. Mm -hmm. He got a lot of no's and then he got really used to hearing no. So it didn't bother him. So when it came to the big things that did matter, he was ready for a yes or he was ready for a no. Um, I think practical things, Steven. Oh, I love he's just taking notes. Um, <laughs> uh, practical things, I think, really help. If you're going to be in transition and there are things that will come up that are out of your control, the things you can control and not getting too hell-bent about how it turns out, yeah. you can control those things, i.e. your health, your fitness, your financial fitness, your habits. Those these are This is all my father speaking to me. <laughs> like, Damn it, he was right. Um, Minji, you should do this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but mm, he was yeah. right. Um, but I those, want those, to do this. Yeah, and I do. And I, now that I'm in my 30s, I'm like, yeah, I want to be financially stable. Um, but things that you can, you can start, you know, helping yourself, learning how credit cards work and understanding how to plan for, you know, for a safety net. Like, I think there's like this reckless abandon that we all want to embrace of like being young and stuff. And that could be fun in theory, but there's ways that you could do it with like while you're helping yourself too. You know what I mean? So I think one thing I want to add, because like I have a little brother and he was always messaging like, Melody, Mel, what I do? Like, I, I try to apply for this job. I'm, I'm not getting, I'm not hearing back from this place. I'm just like, honestly, it's like, it's okay. Everything is going to be fine. And that's the thing I wish someone told me when I was graduating college. Cause I didn't, I didn't know everything's going to be fine. I was like, why don't I get a job? I don't understand. Like I have a degree. I, it just felt like that was, and that should be the result of me getting a degree. But realizing that honestly, you kind of have to get lost to find the answer, right? Ooh, yeah. that's a good Ooh. one. <laughs> I love quotes. <laughs> are the rest pens out? Are we, are we good? No. But Christine like, will be tweeting this momentarily. <laughs> no, but that's, but that's the thing though. It's like, cause I look at, I look at my little brother. He's 21. He's trying to figure out where can I get a job? I'm like, it's okay. You're going to figure it out. You're a smart dude. If you're taking action, you're realizing like what you want to do in life. I think you'll be fine. Like you'll be fine. That's just the, that's like the ultimate thing I could say to him. Well, and now you're telling everyone. That's so awesome. Yeah. Everything's so even if I can, okay. can I answer your question too? Participate. <laughs> yeah. So this is, I'm gonna do a little self plug here, but like as a life coach, really what I re- what I wish that I had done because I so much of me is like oh I'll just see what my intuition tells me and where I go and I landed at Wong Fu I landed like I like my life coach now really I wish what I did was define what my values were because you were asking right it's like what can you do to like prepare yourself in that really defining what your values are because what is it that you value? We all know that, but then taking the time to write it down because that is what forms your decision making, whether you know it or not. 
So then there's a lot of times where our limited beliefs or stories that we tell ourselves like come from the fact that we're trying to chase our value. So maybe your value is, for me, is in connection and honesty. So then sometimes I'm too honest, if that's a possibility, right? But then I realize that's at the detriment of some of my relationships. Why am I doing it? Because I'm like, oh, because I value honesty. So then when you're able to really really break down what is it that you as a person and values are different within every person, right? So when you can really hone into that, then you can really grasp like, okay, so how, how do I show up with those qualities in my job, in my life, in my family, etc.? And really getting to a point where you can define things as best as you can where you are. So I hated the whole, what are you going to do in three years, right? But I also realized how important that is to kind of have at least a direction or a dream that's specific in, in the sense of like, if you want a house, you know you want a house or you want to get married, right? Like, what does that look like to you? But just understand that that's adjustable as you, as life happens. So a lot of times when we feel stressed or overwhelmed, it's because we're not accepting the situation for what it is. And the situation is what is teaching us to become and step into who we really are. So I think for like, I don't know if that helps, but really, breaking down the steps in like defining things for you. If you want a boyfriend, what does that look like? You know, what do you like? What do you like? I look at Jenna too, you know, you know, and then like in a job, like what does it look like? What do you put yourself in that situation in your dream job? Like if it's that Jubilee, I like that office, you know, I want to be working with Mel and, and Jason holding like creative discussions about marketing, etc. right? Like what does that look like for you? And then you start, start journaling. By the way, Perfectly Imperfect has journals. So you, yeah. If you guys want to buy a journal, it's right Double there on the side. Go visit Ashley. Okay. <laughs> if you're cold, you have t-shirts at ABG. <laughs> I have stickers that will tell you, you are enough. <laughs> yeah, just get the whole set. Yeah. Um, I think that's it, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. We have, so then, yeah. Okay. we have another panel after this. So if you didn't get to ask your question, we also have the next panel, Q&A. And yeah. we also have breakout groups. Yeah. So I think we're going to take a 15-minute break right now. So grab, grab another coconut. <laughs> grab a water. Thank yeah. you so much. Yay! Thank you, guys. We hope you enjoyed that special episode from Off the Mic of Panel 1 with Mel, Regina, and Janet. Next week, we'll be releasing Panel 2, and that includes me, Helen, and Minji, and we talk about create and innovate. And we basically go into concrete and actionable tips of putting your dreams in motion versus just talking about it and how we did it and we speak to our experiences about it. So thank you so much again for joining us. Be sure to check out our new journals. We're so excited to share that with you. You guys are the first ones to know and to see it and to hear about it. So head on over to xoxochristine.com and click on shop and you'll be able to see the beautiful journals and hope you guys get one so we can start journaling together. Yay! All right, till next week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.